You're listening to Stealing the Blinds, a weekly poker podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and guests in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, conversations with poker face Ash. Okay, guys, welcome to the show today. Uh, I'm here with Jordan and a really special guest that I'm super, super excited to talk to. How are you doing today, Jordan? Just uh, trying to figure out how to fix the plumbing in the uh, rental house before the water freezes. But other than that, we're doing all right. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Just uh, as I said, lazy Sunday today for me. And I'm super duper excited for our guest today. I've been really looking forward to talking to her. She has taken the poker scene by storm. She's a popular vlogger. Her name is Pokerface Ash, otherwise known. Ashley Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, number one, because I'm not a huge vlog follower, but you, I do follow. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm always impressed by uh, your vlogs and want to get to know you better. Um, can you tell us a little about a bit about yourself and how you got started? Yeah, um, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Had a really cool upbringing where my parents owned a, like a music store. So I grew up around music my whole life. We sold pianos and guitars and all that so I grew up um, like playing piano and being in bands and stuff and I was also a basketball player so I played in high school played in college I was an all-american and during college our basketball coach had team game nights and we had like these bonding nights that we had and um, one of the nights he taught us poker and I had never I had never (laughs) played poker before And it was, I I just was fascinated by it, like from the very beginning. And that's kind of what sparked this journey, although it was a slow, it was a slow start. But um, in the last probably five years, I've really like dove deeper into poker. (laughs) Okay, so side question, do you keep in touch with your uh, basketball coach? And you're like, thank you so much. (laughs) That is so funny that you say that because we do keep in touch. And actually, believe it or not, he was just in Dallas, where I now live. He flew out here to for a work conference. And we just had uh, dinner the other night. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, we had had dinner. And every time I I joke with him, the joke is like, it's your fault that I'm doing this now. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. How many years ago, though, are we talking were those nights? Because I don't know if people really know this, but you were playing pre-COVID poker pretty seriously. I was in college back in 2008 is when I first got into poker. So that was a, quite a while ago. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it was pre like right before COVID, I had started playing part time, kind of full time ish. Because like I said, my dad owned a music store, but he decided to retire. And then I was like. I got to figure out what I'm going to do because I was kind of like the manager, you know, as a mom and family owned. So mm-hmm. we did a little, we did a little bit of everything. And I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do. So I was already kind of making part-time money with it at the time. And I was like, and I was making more at an hourly rate at poker than I was at my <laughs> full-time job. So I was like, why don't I give this a try? And that's kind of how it, how it started. I love that. Now, did you ever uh, kind of have in your mind or your father have in, in his mind that you take over the store? Yeah, he did. And, you know, there was a point where I really thought I was going to and I really thought that that's what my life was going to be. But there was something something about it that just wasn't for me. And I and he and I saw my dad work 
just literally every day, all day, countless hours. And I'm like, is this the life that I want? And um, as much as I wanted to keep the family business alive and going, it just something about it didn't feel like it was the right thing. But he sold it. It worked out. And, and now they're happy, retired, and, and it, it all worked out for everybody. <laughs> I love that. I love that because I, I have a very similar story that I was mm-hmm. working for my father as well. And it came to retirement time and it was my option to to buy the company or leave. And I left to play poker. So oh, amazing. <laughs> very similar story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot more in common. Is it running just running the store that you didn't want to run like retail business? Did, do you play any instruments yourself? Are you a musician? Yeah, I grew up um, like playing the piano, um, and my dad always tried to teach me how to read music. And for some reason, we'd always start reading the music, and I would always just branch off and make my own songs, and I would not read the music. And uh, it's kind of funny because to this day, I still can't read notes, but I've played in bands all across the country and toured and all this. And I was in like a gypsy jazz band, another kind of jazz R&B band. I've been in some like Christian rock bands, just a little bit of everything, and. I did that up until I was playing in a few churches up until I was like, I can't play poker full time and and still juggle all this. So I kind of quit touring, I guess, gigging. (laughs) So as far as my understanding, that was what, about five years ago that you decided to to turn the corner? Yeah, I think the last time I played in a band was about, I think, probably coming on six years now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a big step. It was a little bit hard and sad. And that kind of ties into why I started a vlog. Um, because I, I didn't, I, I've always been a very creative person. And when I started playing poker full time, you know, poker is a very selfish uh, sport, you're there to play and take people's money. And you're you're just there on your own. And, you know, I missed the camaraderie, I missed, you know, playing with a band, I missed, you know, creating music. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what starting a vlog helped me fulfill that I was missing in my life was that creative aspect. Okay, interesting. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole separate take that I've I've not ever heard before. I'm very familiar with the issues of finding like friends in the poker scene because it's sometimes difficult, especially in your local casino to just beat someone in a pot and then be like, let's be friends. But right, as far as right. joining the community of vloggers, you know, you don't even have to talk poker. You you can just make friends with people through like editing techniques. Oh, yeah. And we have we we have this huge discord channel with pretty much every vlogger you could name that, you know, is kind of well known. And we have this discord and we all you know talk about our analytics and our statistics. And, you know, we, we get we get together and just bond over those things, too. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, the creative outlet, and especially like I've become really good friends with like Jamin, who has the Drawing Dead blog, and Andrew mm-hmm. Mimi, and um, they're actually kind of the catalysts of what pushed me to start the vlog. But you know, I really appreciate their creativeness and their and their their desire to create a really good story and a vlog, and not just like, oh, today's hand histories. Here we go. Like it's it's a story and it's creative. And I think we've all us three more specifically have really kind of bonded over over that. <laughs> Love that. Now, so you were friendly with them before you started vlogging then? Yeah, it's such a crazy story. So uh, I was playing grinding one, two, spread limit hold'em at my home casino. So you could only bet at any point or raise $100 at a time. So it wasn't even no limit. That's where I started out. Mm-hmm. And 
some one of my poker friends who I'd made there at the tables. I didn't know anybody in poker at this time, and I felt very alone on my poker journey. His name was Josh, and he was like, hey, you got to check out Andrew Nimi. I said, Andrew, what? <laughs> so I go on YouTube, and I Google, or I search for his name, and I click on one of his blogs, and I was fascinated. I felt like I was sitting right there at the Bellagio playing 510 with him, and I was hooked. I started realizing, you know, the way he was talking about poker was so different from what I had heard. And I, the wheels started turning. I started learning more strategy and, and kind of learning how things like learning things I didn't know. <laughs> and uh, so that kind of that was so cool. And then I on one of his vlogs, he announced that he was coming to Wild Horse Pass Casino to do okay. a It was actually we still talk about this to this day, me and Andrew. It was his first ever out of state meetup game. And they were him and Brad were very nervous to come do it. And so they they showed up and the room was packed. I mean, I had never it's my little home casino. I had never seen so many people in there in my life. And there was like massive lists of, of you know, for all the games. And mm -hmm. at, the at the time, I did not have the bankroll to even play one three. So and so I was so sad I wasn't going to be able to play in the game with them. But I was just there and I wanted to, you know, meet them. So I knew Andrew was also a musician back in the day and ah. he, played, he played drums. We also kind of, you know, had that in common. So I had had a music clothing line called the Music Life Apparel. And so I had some T-shirts still left from when I used to do that. So I brought him a shirt. You know, I was like, I'm such a huge fan. I knew you were a, you know, you're a musician and I'm a musician. So I brought you this shirt. That night, he ended up thanking me and following me back on Instagram. And that's kind of how we became friends. I love it. And he, kind of, he kind of introduced me to Jamin mm -hmm. and then just that whole world and uh, yeah, they they were the like I would not be doing this without them. I I they were like Ashley. There's no female vloggers. You're already kind of because I had an Instagram account and I was kind of already documenting my journey a little bit and posting stories. They're like you're pretty much already doing it on Instagram. Just put it on YouTube. <laughs> I was like I don't want the poker world to to criticize and watch how I play. I'm not good. Like I was like, I have so much to learn. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Jamin just kept saying, just do it. So finally, after quarantine, it was over. I went to the Venetian after we were able to go and I recorded some of my first vlogs. So yeah, that was back in January, 2021. So you haven't been vlogging for that long. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it feels it like crazy. I have. Like it, it, oh man, and you know, I just crossed vlog number fifty, which is it feels like I've done a lot more, but then at the same time, fifty sounds like a lot. <laughs> so it's very weird. You mentioned, I mean, you had a pretty busy day lined up today. How many hours do you typically spend editing versus actually playing? Yeah, I so I spend way more hours editing than playing. And honestly, if these days, I kind of feel a little bit I joke and say I feel like a, a little bit of a fraud because I don't play a lot of live hours anymore. Um, Like I'm not sitting grinding for 40 hours a week or anything like that. Because of my vlog, it takes so much time that I, I spend like, so each vlog is kind of a thumb, a real thumb is every minute of a vlog length is about an hour of editing time. So like if a vlog is 30 wow. minutes, that's taking about 30 hours, especially if there's more effects you do in it or more special things. But luckily, I have some editors now that help me juggle this, which has actually freed me up to start playing more hours, which I want to because I'm moving up in stakes. I want to put in hours and I, I want to, you know, get that experience. So um, my, I, the, the meat of what I do now is like my voiceovers, because obviously no one else can do that for me. Mm -hmm. And those still take me about five to eight hours per vlog. Uh, oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's, that's a lot of commitment. I was wondering that myself. I'm like, she's got to be outsourcing at least a bit of it. Yeah. So the, the I, I was a musician, but also like a music producer too. So I'm very familiar with how to use like music production software. So uh, I go in and I do like, I'm kind of picky about it. So I go in and edit my own voiceovers. And that mm-hmm. takes quite a while because you're literally editing out every breath, every pause, every like, and I'll sit there and repeat the same thing 15 times because I can't say the word correctly, you know, and I'm just Mm -hmm. repeating, redoing, gluing it all together, fading it in and out, making sure it sounds pretty. And then I give it to my editors and they take it from there. (laughs) They polish it up. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. uh, You mentioned that you, you feel like a fraud because we've, we've got a, a mutual friend. That's a coach that had been playing for a super long time he moved out to Vegas doing like the RV life stuff and he just doesn't play as much. And he'll mention every now and then he, he feels like he's got some imposter syndrome going on because he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't play as often as he used to. So how can he, you know, talk poker if he's not out there, but we assure him like you, you as well, the amount of effort that you're putting into actually uh, describing the thought process behind what you're doing at the table is way more work than just playing. So, yeah. you know, one hour worth of, of thinking about a session or, or breaking down a hand is, is worth well over, you know, eight hours of actually sitting there and playing. That's so true because I've also learned so much by going over my hands and, you know, I, I have a, like a one-on-one coach and he, him and I, like, if I have a really weird spot that I don't know if I played well at all, he'll like be like, no, you did this wrong or you should have done this. And then I'll be able to like relay that in my vlog, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Cause then I just learned something and I get to share it with everybody else. What I learned, like, Hey, I did this, but, but this is the correct way to do it. I, I really love that about your vlogs too. It's, it's not like an absolute, there's a lot of like, well, you know, this and this, and maybe I didn't do that right. And I really love that honesty and just, you know, coming to the game with the knowledge that you have and putting it into play and doing the best that you can. So what is it um, like that you've moved up in stakes so quickly? It's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind and it's been terrifying, exciting (laughs) and fascinating all at once. Like I'm literally playing for like cars, like a car, Mm -hmm. like, like it's like a normal raise is $300. And that was like my entire bankroll at one point. Right. Like, so I'm still getting used to that. But at the same time, I'm trying to just think of it as big blinds and raise sizes rather than money. Because uh, you kind of have to anyway, if you want to separate the the emotional connection between you and the money, because you can't do that and play well. And that was my biggest problem for a long time. I was actually bankrolled to play bigger, but I had this mental wall of being scared to lose. Mm -hmm. And in poker, if you want to be a good player, one of the things you really have to learn is you, you can't be afraid to lose because I missed out probably on so much value. I probably missed out on so many bluff spots because I was like, but this is $800 if I call here. Like you can't think about it like that. Right. So when I was able to, my coaches were all like, you're your role to play bigger. Why why are you still at one three? Why are you not taking shots at two five and five ten? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just scared. And and so I slowly did. And it was kind of a rough start a little bit. And it was unfortunate because it wasn't because I was getting just beat up by good players. I just wasn't running very well at the beginning. And and I, I really had to mentally stay tough and realize, look, like I'm just not running very good right now. And it's there's nothing I can do about that. I got it in many, many spots where I was a big favorite for like the biggest pots of my life and just mm-hmm. chopped it or whatever and couldn't win. <laughs> you know, I was so, you know, eager to win a big pot and, you know, start, you know, 
really um, exponentially growing my bankroll and it just didn't happen like that right away. So um, yeah, it, it's been a whirlwind. And the biggest thing is like, I just started taking shots playing bigger. And then I was rolled to play a little bit bigger. I just wouldn't pull the trigger. And so, so I'm more of like a risk adverse person by nature. And I'm more um, just cautious with my money and my bankroll in general. But Matt Berkey and some of these guys I've talked to, they're really big on like, dude, just go for it. Like, you, you <laughs> go take a shot. And if you lose, go back down. Yeah, rip off that bandaid. Yeah, the only thing that's gonna, (laughs) the only thing that's gonna change is just, um, is just the fact that you have to put more hours back down at two five. I noticed before when you were talking about first meeting, uh, was it Nimi at your home casino? Mm -hmm. You had mentioned they're they're playing one three and you weren't even rolled to play one three. Like if that's my hero, I mean, I might just go like break the piggy bank and put three hundred bucks down. So I think it speaks to your conservative nature, which honestly is just is going to get you far. You you maybe just needed to get through the hurdle of putting down an, an amount of money that you never have before. Do you have like a current bankroll system that you you would care to share? Do you do like the ten buy-ins at, at a at a <laughs> stake, or you just go you just go for it? And <laughs> if it doesn't work out, you drop back down. Yeah, lately I've just been going for it a little bit. Like I remember I, I played a five-five match to stack at um, the lodge on live stream, and I knew it was going to be the biggest game I'd ever played at the time. But um, I ended up being in, like in for nine thousand, and I was down, I think, about four thousand at one point, which would have been my biggest loss if I would have. I ended up booking a, a win and on literally the last hand of the stream. It was one of my early, uh, just recent blogs. <laughs> and I did not plan on being in for 9,000. And then that's what made me realize, like, I need to put a threshold on this. Like, <laughs> I need to, you know, figure this out because um, all of a sudden I was in for 9,000 and I didn't really realize. It. So I think, like, my stop loss right now would probably be around 8,000. Like, if I'm in for more than that, I really need to evaluate if I should leave the game or not. <laughs> But it was a good game, like so. I felt like if I found the right spot, I could mm-hmm. I could come out ahead, and that's a big thing too is game selection. But yeah, I I just I I think um you should have a certain amount of buy-ins per stake that you play. But as you're moving, like if you're trying to move up higher, it's okay to take a, a portion of your bankroll and allot it to taking shots, and you know see how that session goes. And if you win, great, then you get to keep playing, taking those shots. If you lose, then you can evaluate to go back down. But I'm a little bit more disciplined and conservative with my bankroll, which I sometimes a fault. Um, but yeah, I just kind of been feeling it out a little bit at this point, really. No, I think that's a super impressive. I think that will get you farther long term. And as you said, you can kind of, you know, work your way up and, and get through those hurdles. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other suggestions for anybody who might want to go full time or uh, do any vlogging? Yeah, I um, wrote a article in uh, a magazine. It closed down recently. But anyway, I put it on my website, um, pokerfaceash.com. <clears throat> and uh, it, I, I wrote this thing about, you know, how to move up the stakes and how to, if you're trying to um, do it professionally. So the biggest thing I say is you probably want like 60 to 80 buy-ins of whatever game you're playing if you're going to take this really seriously and you want to play full time. I also say it's really important to not have any debt because if you're trying to pay off credit cards and trying to make an hourly rate and trying to make money on top, like not just get by, but increase your money as a person, <laughs> you know, it'd be very hard to like have a bunch of debt, have a bunch of payments. Well, I understand that's not feasible for some people, but for for me, it was very important that I didn't have a lot of out, um, external expenses. Like I think I had a car payment and car insurance and like a, a small uh, payment of like living in an apartment or something. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, that's uh, something I say. And then also, you know, make sure you're studying. It's very important that you take time away from the table because maybe you think you're running bad, but you're really just kind of, there's some spots you're just really playing bad. And you have to be very self-reflective as well to see like, am I the problem? You know, <laughs> was it just bad luck? You know, whatever. Yeah. And also recently I've been saying this more, which I never said before was take shots. It's okay to take shots, you know, <laughs> like um, go for it because who knows, like, let's say you've been playing one, three, you've been playing a little bit more at two, five, and then you decide to take a shot at five, 10 and you win $5,000 and your bankroll was like 50. You just increase your bankroll by, you know, X percentage when mm -hmm. that would have taken you a month at one, three. Right. So you, you kind of think about it that way. And I remember when Arizona was the um, the capped bet. I think I think yeah. recently they've changed, or in the yep. last few years they've changed. So now just it's true. recently. Mm -hmm. So can I ask you, someone who's been playing for a, a decent amount of time, do you think that the game has gotten any different or gotten any harder? Because what we hear people say since 2011, since Black Friday, it's poker's getting more difficult. Like it's not as easy as it used to be. But to your point, anyone who is who is considering like taking a serious shot. The game will still be here in a year. Poker will still be here in two years, three years. So you started playing seriously maybe five years ago. And even if it took you five years working like uh, at the music store to, to save up enough to have a bankroll to actually take it seriously, like here you are five years later crushing cash games that you didn't think you'd ever, ever take a shot at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the game changed a lot in Arizona when it, when it became true no limit. Uh, the games got a lot, a lot bigger, for sure, or a lot better, sorry, a lot better. Mm -hmm. Like the whole cap thing, the spread limit thing was just a real downer and people wouldn't even play in Arizona anymore. They'd go to Vegas or something. But I think while it's true, poker in general has gotten a little bit tougher. There's a lot more, you know, studied, I call them GTO bots that, you know, sit down and, you know, they're, they're just very studied and they're going to play a certain way and, you know, all that. But I don't really notice that unless I'm playing like a 20, $2,000 tournament where it's going to be players who are pretty serious. Like you can always find a table where like I, I almost every table I sit down at, it's like, I feel like I'm the best player at this table. You know, like it, it's, mm -hmm. there's just still so many recreational players. And now with all this, like, you know, these live streams coming out and people finding, you know, hustlers live stream on YouTube and stuff like that. It's like, they're bringing in a lot of new players. People are going to start sitting down that, that haven't played before. And, and the poker economy is going to keep thriving. Like you said, like you said, I think poker is always going to be here. And I, I don't think it's dead. I don't even think it's close to dead from my experiences. Um, and, and even just the players who might study a little bit or they, they know a little bit about poker. Everybody has ex exploits and weaknesses. And if you sit there and observe long enough, you're going to find them. Even if they're a player that's that's decent. Absolutely. Can you touch on for us a little bit about your study path? You said that you have a one-on-one -on -one coach currently. Did you also, yeah, I think you studied with Solve for Why as well. When was that? Yeah. So that is what really sparked me to start my vlog. Cause again, I felt very inadequate. I felt like I don't have anything to talk about or, or add to the poker conversation when it comes to like theory or study. <laughs> Let's see. I was, I was in quarantine literally. So we're all at our homes. And I got a message from Matt Berkey because I had reached out and thanked him for his self for why um, stuff on YouTube, but I hadn't subscribed or maybe I had done his monthly subscription. He said, hey, we had a lady who I ended up meeting later on in life, but um, she wanted to be anonymous. We had a lady donate a $3,500 homeschool course scholarship. She wants it to go to somebody who she thinks will really benefit from it, who has potential and, and who wouldn't be able to take the course otherwise. 
And I love that was, it. That, and so Matt Berkey said, our team like voted for you. Do you want it? And I like started crying. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Like but to me, it was everything. So I was so hungry to learn. I was so hungry to get better. And like, it was just the most like incredible gift that I've been given in, in poker because um, I took that course. And actually, while I was taking that course, I started taking one-on-one coaching lessons with Fausto Valdez. And um, that just like really took me to this place of, well, I was very confused at first because when you learn new things, you're going to mm-hmm. start to misapply them. <laughs> so it was kind of like a big learning curve where I had to understand the new fundamentals that I learned and then kind of learn how to play poker in a completely new way because I was learning and 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 of trying to apply things that I didn't even know existed in poker, you know. So that is what started it. And now um, to kind of fine tune and hone in on certain things or that I need to work on, um, I I still talk to Fosto, so. <laughs> uh, he's a great guy. I've actually met him and we have some mutual friends as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> been able to go out to dinner with him and whatnot. So yeah, I'm familiar with him and, and that's great. Yeah. And I should mention just recently, I, par- I partnered with Advanced Poker Training with the owner, Steve Blay. And it's been so cool since he reached out. Um, he showed me this course they have called Poker Without Fear by Steve Blay and Alex Fitzgerald. And the Poker Without Fear course is kind of all about like how to be the bully at the table and not the one that's just the passive one trying to figure out how to play against the bully. Like you're the one who's in charge. You're the one raising. You're the one betting. Like you're the one who's feared at the table. And uh, it's it's a really cool course. So that um, had to mention that because we just partnered together and I've been promoting their website. And they also just came out with this new really cool thing um, about Basically, you can play against GTO bots and in any hand, you can stop and see their range and stop and see your range in the hand, which is like super, super cool. And it's like groundbreaking. (laughs) And Steve Blay coded all this himself. Like the guy is crazy. (laughs) I'm going to have to go check that all out. That sounds super interesting. (laughs) So do you have any aspirations for banking some 2000 buy-in tournaments? I know you you have some final tables under your belt, don't you? Yeah, I just got second in a run good uh, series ring event. It was bittersweet because I had the chip lead with four left. Um, and um, we tried to make a deal. It didn't work out. And then I ended up getting second. But um, so that was really cool. Um, I, I love tournaments. That's where my passion is. I Cash games are great, but I love tournaments. I absolutely love them. So um trying to, you know, win those flips when it really matters and, run good when it matters and hopefully run deep in something I would absolutely love to absolutely love to when you say you tried to make a deal and it didn't work out like you didn't agree to the deal or you made a deal and then you just didn't get first oh no so uh so there's four left I have the chip lead at this point and now I know I have bargaining power <laughs> so I'm like there's 12k up top 12.5k up top and the ring so I was like hey guys I'll take 10k right now if in the ring if you guys want to chop it up because all of them actually wanted to chop, which I was very surprised. It, um, it wasn't a very strong uh, final table. And they all said, yeah. And then the lady who had four big blinds said no. And she would have got, yeah, she would have got second place money. And she, and so my opponents, because they weren't very studied, didn't really know what they were doing. They continued to just give her chips, just didn't put pressure on her, just let her chip oh, up. Oh, wow. He ends up going from no big blinds to chip leader. And there was really nothing I could do about it, just with what the cards I was getting and stuff. And I was just such a bummer. Uh, so she ends up just taking it down. However, uh, she did agree to, to take a chop too. So she took 10K and I got over second place money per second, which was nice. Cause I had like, I think I had like six big blinds at the time and she literally had, I think 80 of percent of the chips in play. <laughs> so it ended up becoming a, a good deal, but Massive it was respect, though. 
Yeah, she just like went for it. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We had, we had a friend share a tweet the other day. So he plays at Berlin Live, and this this guy says, "I'm gonna take down this nightly for thirty four hundred dollars, and I'm gonna go invite everyone who offered the chop to go watch me put it all on black." <laughs> I saw that too. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. So it seems like uh, just listening to your story, things have just all been aligning for you and and things coming together. What's the biggest uh, challenge you faced? I think getting over myself has been the biggest challenge because we get in our way a lot just in life. And, you know, you feel like you're not good enough or you don't deserve something or you, you put yourself down or, you know, for me, my confidence has always been the biggest thing for me. So I, that's why I love poker is because it forces me to, to face my biggest weaknesses in life and vlogging too. I'm actually a very big extrovert. So I mean, sorry, introvert, introvert. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I, I don't, I'm not very like out there. I'm, I'm kind of shy by nature. So just being in front of a camera, that's tough, you know, and also facing criticism and while I've gotten pretty numb to that, it still happens and it'll still get to you a little bit. And, you know, you want to decide, do I troll them back? Do I respond meanly? Or, you know, do I just say nothing? Do I block them? You know, and I respond differently. Like sometimes I, I respond with a little bit of a, you know, snarky comeback or and sometimes yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I say something kind. and <laughs> That's what I should do most of the time, probably. But um so that's been a challenge, just kind of facing like being in like, you know, there's not a poker room I go into now where someone's not like, hey, can I get a picture with you? Or, you know, and that's really, really amazing. But just like, why me? Like, you really want a picture? with You know, it's like, so it's still a little bit weird. And then just um, just getting out of my own way and, and allowing myself to just grow as a person and take on all of what's coming at me because life is literally flying at me right now. Like I am so, I think we've tried to coordinate this even for a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I got to find a time in my schedule, you know? And um, it's just been like, just the greatest time of my life, the, the happiest I've ever, ever been. And I actually just moved to Fort Worth in August. So I mm -hmm. barely, last week I finally unpacked my boxes because that's how, how much I was gone. And I'm here with my family and I'm just, it's beautiful where I live. Like right now I'm looking out my window and it's just forest and beautiful trees and, and I'm just loving life. But um, the challenge is just to accept things that come at you and, and try to learn from everything and, and become a better person because of it all. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, I think it's super important. I think people tend to ignore the influence that their selves has on their poker career and being yeah. very you know, insightful and looking into yourself is massive and uh, can help you tremendously. Although you can block yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely can. You definitely can. <laughs> Trying to get out of my own way a lot. <laughs> yes. But being aware of it and then being like, okay, blocking yeah. myself, time to move through this and keep on going. What's um like your, your weekly uh, schedule like? How much time are you putting into to everything? Because I think from what I think, you're like going nonstop. Yeah, I've been going nonstop since I moved here and even before I moved here. And it was just a whirlwind to pack up and move here. It was crazy. And then I, and so to answer your question, I just became a Poker Bro sponsored pro. So um, mm -hmm. they basically want me to go play as many tournament series as possible in a month, document it, you know, wear the patch and all that stuff. So with, with to fulfill my contract, I have to play a minimum of one tournament series per month. So right there, I already have a week that's going to be delegated to that. But 
you know, obviously the more tournaments I go play, the more benefit for me. So I try to, you know, so basically my schedule right now is revolved around finding like a MSP, MSPT, a WPT, a run good series or a WSOPC circuit, um, mm-hmm. circuit, uh, events. And so yeah, I've been, I just drove to Mississippi last week. And then before that I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma next week. I think I'm in Austin. So just trying to find tournament series to play. And while I'm there, fit in the cash games to vlog about. And when I'm home, uh, when I'm not doing that, I am at Texas Cardhouse Dallas. I just partnered with them. So they're my exclusive poker room in Dallas, which is so cool. And I love it there. That's uh, where I played the biggest game of my life just uh, the other day on the mm-hmm. live stream. And um, when I'm not doing that, when I'm home and not playing poker, not touring to play tournaments, I am vlog editing. <laughs> so. There's not really much time for anything else. So that's pretty much my life in a nutshell right now. <laughs> Are you planning on going down to the WPT in um, Vegas in December? Yes. And I was just, I will be there. Yes. I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping you would be there. Um, so Ashley Sleece, she's another vlogger. Um, yep. We had kind of talked about potentially doing a meetup game there, which would be so fun. And I mm-hmm. want to go out for the ladies week. I, I hate flying, but I'm going to do it so I can go out. <laughs> so I want to go to the ladies, uh, the ladies week. They had, I, wasn't it like a half a million ladies guarantee tournament? I'm not sure what the guarantee is, it but it's, it's going to be sick. Yeah. It's going to be pretty epic. I think for December, I think yeah. they're getting, yeah, the, the series will be amazing. I think I can't wait. So I'm going to go out for that at least. So yes, I will be there. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited. Good. I haven't been to Vegas since I moved here really. So be, be nice. I used to live out there. I mean, I'd go at least twice a month. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen you all the time, like on Facebook and on the yeah. WPA stuff, but we've never yeah. met. Yeah. 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 It's good. <laughs> Jordan, what were you going to say? Are there any plans to do an album with Nimi? You can call it Beats to Bluff By or something. <laughs> we actually we actually joked about this and talked about because Nimi plays drums, Brad Owen plays guitar, and I play the piano. So we're like, we have a band. And I guess there's some other poker players who are also musicians. So we had joked about doing like a live stream of us going out and gigging in like Austin or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, we would get a lot of views, but for the wrong reasons, they would just be laughing at us the whole time. But it would it would be a sight to see. That's for sure. That would that would be. So, yes, there has been some talks. Will it ever happen? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have, like, I, I look forward to it. Something. Yeah, we'll have to have Jamin sing or we'll have to figure out a role for everybody. <laughs> So I guess because you're so super busy these days, you don't keep up much with uh, other hobbies or your basketball sports or anything like that. I wish. I really miss basketball a lot. It's crazy because, you know, you grow up doing something you think you'll never stop doing. And then all of a sudden it's just like out of your life. And it's a weird thing because I never thought I'd know life without basketball. I have some other hobbies. that uh, I play video games. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a video game nerd. And so I play uh, first-person shooters. I actually started a gaming channel. So when I'm home, I game on Twitch, um, and I and I stream for people to watch me play. I play uh, Call of Duty, if anyone knows what it is. So mm-hmm. play that. And then uh, I started a second channel as well called Ashley Frank Vlogs, and it's pretty much everything I don't feel like I should put on my poker channel. It goes on there. <laughs> so. I know when I was on the YouTube the other day and and watching some more of your stuff, I came across the. I'm like, she's got another one. Over I know. Here. <laughs> like, what I'm is like, she crazy? <laughs> what am I? Yeah. What am I thinking? Starting a second channel, but 
it's also a channel where I don't like I'm not pressured to put anything out. So I'm not like, oh, I have to get out one a week, one a week. It's like when I get to it, it'll happen, which is actually I'm going to have a couple coming out soon. So my very last Ashley Frank's vlogs was all about um, my move to Dallas. So it was just documenting literally me driving over, packing, uh, everything. So it was mm. I mean, props to you. I am like tired even thinking about your day to day. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of interests and things I love to do. Um, so right now it's pretty much just working, traveling and video games occasionally when I'm home. <laughs> do you have anything, Jordan, you'd like to ask? No, I, I don't think we uh, should take up any more of your busy Sunday. This has been an, a great conversation. I was really glad that I had a chance to meet you. Yeah, yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's been a blast and I hope we can do it again. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun and I'm super looking forward to to meeting you in person and uh, so happy that you could come out here and talk to us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed it a lot. Is there anything else you want to plug or mention while we got you on the line? It's a great question. Uh... <laughs> Ah, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. That's the biggest thing right now. We're trying to get to a hundred thousand subs, so we're on the road, road to a hundred thousand, and uh, we're gonna stay on that road until we get there. So yes, get out and go and watch her vlogs. They're amazing. Yes. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you. This has been Stealing the Blinds, a weekly poker podcast for students of the game by students of the game. When you're not stacking your chips, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Recommend the show to your favorite donkey, fish, or whale, and head over to tbstv.com support to show the crew some love. Until next week, stick to the plan, and may all your variants be positive. <laughs>